You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Man, oh man. This one's going to be fun. Welcome into Crunch Time here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. My name is Matt Miguez. My producer and co-host is the lovable loser, Mr. James Mesh. This guy just... Hey, man, when you lose all of your fantasy football leagues, you're going to get the wrath. That was, just, uh, that was just a very rare, unfortunate weekend. You just are. You're just going to get the wrath, and that's okay. Because uh, I, I, I consider you to be a man of principle, and you're going you're gonna to take your butt whooping like a man and mm-hmm. move yeah. on. And I'm going to throw it right back. Hey, and I would, I would, I would expect nothing less, my good sir. Especially from me, I would expect nothing less. So today has been a pretty, a pretty optimal Tuesday. Other, other. It's also apparently a twisted Tuesday. It's, today's very twisted. Because, and I don't and, understand. And, and, well, if you give me a second, we're going to get into it. Well, I asked about it before, and you didn't tell well, me. Well, because I don't have to tell you everything, James. Anyways. Started it, it. It started rocky, but then it twisted around to being pretty optimal. So yesterday, I go to I go to leave for work. A car doesn't start. Now, luckily, my wife was working from home yesterday, and I just took her car. Well, today, we kind of needed to get my car fixed, right? So, figured out that it was the battery needed a new car battery. So I go to get the battery replaced, and you know one thing led to another. There were there were issues that that went down while trying to change my battery, but it got resolved. Come to find out, the gentleman James that changes that changed my battery listens to us. Because when he when he heard my name when I when I was putting the information into the system, he was like. Oh, I know that name. And he asked me what I did for it, and I told him that you know I do. And he's like, "Oh yeah, okay, I listen to you guys every day." Blah blah blah. And so, shout out to Taylor for for changing my battery. Really appreciate you. Um, just you know, had had to throw the, the the subtle plug out there. But no, let's let's do this. Is Lane Kiffin leaving Ole Miss? Yes or no? We're going back to this. Well, of course we are, because it's still a topic of conversation. I'm still saying he's staying. A story broke last night that the deal was done, and he's not. He's going to be coaching at Auburn starting on Saturday, or he's going to he's going to leave Ole Miss after the Egg Bowl Thursday night to go take over the program at Auburn. And I just I don't know that I believe that. I don't. <laughs> now, I've seen crazier I, I, I things happen. I don't believe it. I've seen crazier things happen. Like whenever, uh, oh, shoot, who left? Oh, yeah, Napier left for the Florida job as soon as he was done with the uh, Sun right. Belt Championship. And right. He had to have Dez coach the the uh, the New Orleans Bowl. It, it happens. You, you, you see it. 
is Auburn really a step up? Like, that's my thing. You look at Auburn, and, you know, yes, historically they are a better program than Ole Miss. But right now, if you look at the issues facing Auburn with their president and their athletic director and the, the, the fact that you fired Brian Harson before he even truly got his feet wet with the job. What was he there, 18 months? Like, you, you kidding me. Auburn's a mess. Ole Miss, not so much. You found success. You had a good year. You had a great year last year. The Ole Miss fan base loves you. You are getting recruits. You know, this, that, and the other. You've gone 23 and 10 in your time in Ole Miss, including a 10 and 3 record last year. Like, my, my question is why leave? Why would you leave? Ole Miss is giving you a bag. You have stability. You have a good program. Like, I, I don't understand why you would leave. And, and people are like, oh, you know, I'd be so shocked if he goes to Auburn. Or I'd, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to Auburn. I would be. That's a horrible decision. Now, we, we say that until, you know, Lane Kiffin goes to Auburn and in his second year there, he wins a national championship. But, like, who, who sees that coming? Because I, I certainly don't. So it's just it's one of those things where, you know, when you're looking at coaches like Lane Kiffin who are out of school, like Ole Miss, you look at their position and where they may be going and you look at it and say, is this a lateral move? Is this a move or, or is this an upward move? Is this a move that brings my career in an upward trajectory? I don't think Auburn does. Now, if Lane went from Ole Miss to, I don't know, Alabama or Ohio State or, or something like that, then yeah, you know, that's that's a move you you consider. That's a reasonable thing right. that you do. But if you're almost on the same level of a of a school, Ole Miss and Auburn are both, you know, low upper tier, high second tier SEC jobs. Both of them. Like if they're on the same level, why would you put in all of your effort to basically go to you're you're just to not upgrade. You're just taking a step to the side. Instead of taking one step forward, you're just stepping over to the side. It's the same job. The only thing is with Auburn is you have to deal with more crap. And who college football coaches deal with enough. Like you don't you don't need that. So that's that's always been my thing. Like why why would you leave a, a pretty solid situation in Ole Miss or in Oxford, should I say, at Ole Miss? Uh, 706-0111 is the game hotline. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. The Pelicans winning big last night over 
the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour with Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights. We will also talk on some LSU Tigers. You know, College football playoff rankings come out tonight. Where will they be? Uh, we'll talk with Preston Guy of TigerBait.com at 5 o'clock. That means the hotline is wide open in our number one. Yesterday we spoke a little bit about the World Cup as the United States had a 1-1 draw with Wales. The storyline of the World Cup today, how about Saudi Arabia beating Argentina 2-1? This was a game that Argentina was widely expected to win. I mean, because if, if you look at it, Argentina was one of the favorites to win the whole tournament. And so this will go down as one of the greatest upsets in the history of the World Cup. But according to Lionel Messi, there's no excuses for the way that they were beat. And he said that after the game, his teammates were feeling dead because... They didn't expect to start the tournament this way. Well, no kidding. No kidding you didn't expect to start the tournament this way. Let's go to the hotline now, 337-706-0111. Ellis, what's going on, bud? Not too much. Uh, you know, there's a word that you can use, ego, for Lane Kiffin. He's so sure of himself that he could improve. Maybe he'll go there thinking that. Yeah, I mean that 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 is a that's a valid point. I mean, if anybody if anybody can turn Auburn, you know, a, a, away from the the craziness and the politicalness that they've they've had over the last couple of years, some people would say that it's Lane Kiffin. Um. But but again, like I said, I just I don't know how a move to Auburn benefits you. Well, he thinks he can do it, and that's all that's necessary for him to make the move. We and and, and yeah, I mean I I agree with that. But but you we we talk about it from Lane's point of view. According to Lane, he's not going anywhere. Well, if he's saying that. Take him at his word, and just when the money starts uh, pouring in, he could change his mind. No, I I, I agree with you 100%, Ellis. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at it, Lane Kiffin, you know, obviously everyone remembers his days at USC that, that didn't end so well. And then you remember the days at Tennessee that also – you know, didn't really end so well. But if you if you look at his, we talk about the money being right, and, and sure, you know that's always that's always a uh, that's always a factor. But if you look at Lane Kiffin's contract, Lane Kiffin's about to be one of the top ten highest paid coaches in college football at Ole Miss. He's making 7.2 before incentives. Think about that. $7.2 million before incentives. That is good for the 11th highest paid coach in America. I don't know how much more more money Auburn would be willing to shell out considering you still owe Brian Harson 38. I think it is. Let's go back to the hotline. Max, what's up, bud? 
it's uh we're all just shooting in the dark guessing on kiffin but uh some of the things i guess i take into consideration when i try and predict the future is Ole Miss, he's got them in a good spot. Besides their terrible loss to Arkansas this weekend, they're, they're in a good spot. So he'd be doing a total rebuild. I mean, who really loves doing a total rebuild? You know, maybe if you went from being a champion here to then being a cha- you know, making another team a champion so you could build on like a true legacy. But he hasn't done that yet. He's still in the, I'm building it up. The second factor you take into account is Auburn is Alabama's ultimate little brother. And with his ego, does he always want to be in that little, little brother role? Like Ole Miss is the big dog of Mississippi. Mississippi State's the little brother. So he'd, he'd be going into a completely different role. And then the last part that I take into account is he's already, like, villainized himself, you know, with the Tennessee crowd. So you're going to do that with a whole other fan base of Ole Miss? So, like, anytime you play those two teams, you're going to get extra effort out of them teams. And I, I just don't know if he wants a whole second fan base just absolutely hating him, being that he is a guy that wants to be popular and liked and the whole stick that he does on Twitter. Right. So more, more, more reason why, you know, he just he shouldn't leave Ole Miss. And let's not pretend like Ole Miss doesn't have the money to compete with Auburn. Auburn's not Texas or Texas A&M. Right. Like, Auburn and Ole Miss, in my opinion, looking at everything they have, facilities, fan base, everything. It's the same school. They're almost like a dead even. Yep. And then Auburn has to pay out two former coaches. So I know they got money, but at the same time, they ain't got money just growing out the ground. Right. They're, they're already buying out coaches. How much more are they going to be willing to pay a new coach? Correct. That like that's it, the that that's the big thing that that I think a lot of people just aren't really taking into consideration. I mean, any any coach you get that's uh, proven something, you're somewhere between the you know five to seven million, and then with incentives that can go higher. Only the Sabins, Kellys, and the you know the uh, USC coach now Riley, they're the only ones that get the nine to ten million out the gate. So. Right. I mean, what has Kiffin proven to get nine, ten million out the gate? Nothing. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate you. So yeah, you know, it, that's just it's one of those things. I, I just don't know that that's a that's in the best interest for Lane Kiffin. You've built something at Ole Miss. You've made Ole Miss a contender. Run with it. See where it gets you. Two years from now, if you know, you bottom out a little bit at Ole Miss and another high-profile job like that opens up, then maybe, you know, you, you look at it then. But right now, I just don't know that a move to Auburn does anything for you. Let's go back to the hotline one more time. Ron, what's up? Uh, another month. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Just want to comment on Lane Kiffin. Um, I, I understand um, what you're saying, but um, – you know, we, we've all seen Auburn win a, a national championship before. You know, we haven't seen Ole Miss do it. And with a transfer portal, I I would tend to think uh, Auburn is a better place to build a program, I, 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 at least a championship program than Ole Miss. So even though it's hypothetical, why wouldn't he want to go to Auburn versus uh, stay at Ole Miss? Because he could get the same transfer portal players to come to Ole Miss than he would at Auburn, and Auburn has – 
the the political issues like I mentioned with the president and the AD trying to run every aspect of the program. Okay, yeah, I, I understand that, but but my my my, my question is that. We sat down and look at all of them when national championships before a, a national championship before. I'm I'm 52 years old. I've never seen no Miss do it, so I'm just well. Let's, let's, let's and and, and that's a, and that's a fair point. But let's be honest about mm-hmm. one thing: if Auburn doesn't have Cam Newton, do they win that national championship? That's a good one. Huh? They had a lot of talent around him, but that, that is a good one. But they actually did it, and I, I'm, I'm thinking just from not a. a Point of view where you're looking at because I'm going to show you you know a lot more about this than me. I've seen Auburn win the championship before and knock on the door and haven't seen Ole Miss sniff that you know. So uh, does that weigh into the uh, discussion right there? You know. Yeah, I mean, and that's a that's a fair point. There, there's there, there's definitely something to be said for for Auburn being able to win the national championship and Ole Miss not. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right on there for sure. Uh-huh. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the question. I appreciate yep. it. Enjoy the show all, all the time. Appreciate you, man. So yeah, you know, I, I again, I'm just gonna. I just feel like it's a it's a lateral move for for Lane Kiffin, and you know, you you, you look at the the issues off the field, like we've talked about ad nauseum to this point. I just don't see where Lane Kiffin looks at Auburn and goes, who, yeah, that's better than Ole Miss. Like, I, just, I just don't see it. Unless the money is just obnoxiously there, I just I can't see it. Rockefeller, what's up? Man, I just – what's up, you guys? I just uh, – I don't understand, man. Like, like Lane Kiffin, especially him – I don't see why anybody even jump in to, to try to get a coach like that. I mean, why would you want a guy like him anyway? What's so special about Lane Kiffin anyway? Everybody act like Lane Kiffin is like some kind of great coach or some kind of great recruiter or whatever he might be great at. But I don't know why everybody jumped the gun about that cat. I mean, that's one guy I'll be like, I wouldn't want him. I mean, all, all these guys like today, especially like him and his situation, is never good enough. I mean, you go, you go somewhere two to four years, Looking to go somewhere else again. You go somewhere else, two to four years, if it ain't right, or if they ain't got some kind of stuff going on with him where you get in trouble, he out of there. Two to four I years, mean, same thing, everywhere you go. The, I'm like, that's the, that's the business. Guys, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, look like he's one of them coaches where everything got to be perfect for him to win. If he ain't perfect, he, he's clearly showing he can't build no program and build nothing steady and rock solid to where you can have a champion in about three, four years because he's going to bail on you. So, I mean, I, I don't know why people get all – uptight about this guy and like he's some kind of coaching wizard. He's not really nothing. He's nothing. Nothing. Like, like, as, like as a top coach, some of the coaches in the country with good credentials and stuff, this guy is nothing. And everybody makes a big deal about it. And I'm like, who's the big deal about Lane Kiffin? That's all he ever did was blunder everywhere he go or cause trouble and then bail out on the team on all, all this other stuff. So who would want to Go on a limb and pay that guy all kind of money. He's not going to be with you forever because sooner or later, when things not right or you know he can't win a little national championship, you don't have a good enough team to, he's going to be along and trying to go to what? A better situation because of what? The money. I mean, come on, man. Come on. I mean, this is, I mean, this thing, I'm so tired of him and all these shenanigans. Every other year, the same old thing with some of these coaches. Bouncing, 
another team bounce, another team bounce, bounce, bounce. All you do is bounce. Bounce more than a basketball. Man, so, it's so sad, man. Rock, Rockefeller, call, Rockefeller man. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You you, you, right. you look at Lane Kiffin, and if he beats Ole Miss on, I mean Mississippi State Thursday night, which he likely will, he's going to finish this year nine and three. Ten wins last year, nine and three this year. That's nineteen wins in two seasons. So factor okay. factor that success into the fact that he has a top twenty five recruiting class for twenty twenty three. Now I don't know if you've been to Oxford, Mississippi. But there is nothing there. So he is I mean he is convincing top talent in the country to go to Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah. I mean the guy's like doing said, something he gets right. Top talent and stuff. He he does that. I mean he gets talent and all that, but so does a bunch of other coaches though. I mean he gets some talent and stuff, but what does he do with it? Nothing. They're nothing. they're eight nothing. and three. Huh? They're eight and three. Two weeks ago, we were talking about them possibly being in the playoff. Yeah, but like I said once again, out of all the hype that's behind him and all the hoopla and everybody's such a hot commodity, what has he done as a coach? Nothing. What has he done? Tell me. I mean, what has he done? Has he won a national championship? No, but neither has. What else has he done? Neither has Brian Kelly. Nothing. What has he done? Exactly. There you go. Have a good day. I'll talk to you later. Okay. 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 That's fine. I mean, he's eighty-four and forty-three as a head coach in in college football. That he's won two conference championships at one school. He brought USC back to some period of, of relevance. I mean, Lane Kiffin's got a pretty solid resume. The only thing that he is really missing is the fact that he hasn't won a national championship. Not to mention, th- th- this is the same guy that they hired, that the Oakland Raiders hired to be their head coach when he was 31 years old. Are we, are we really forgetting that fact? Don't tell me that Lane Kiffin hasn't done anything. So what? He hasn't won a national championship. He turned USC. He turned USC back into a good program. He did some good things at Tennessee before it all eventually went to crap. He was a great assistant at Alabama under Nick Saban. He revitalized Florida Atlantic, and now he has turned Ole Miss into a contender in the SEC. But right, you know, he hasn't he hasn't done anything. Come on. Take a time out. We'll talk more about this and hear from LSU head coach Brian Kelly next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving number twenty-two. Bringing canned cranberry sauce to the family feast is not acceptable. So leave the canned purple stuff on the shelf. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. My man Jay, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hi. Um, you said revitalize USC? I mean, the man went 28-15 and 15 while he was there. 10-2 and two in 2011. Come on, man. And he got fired from there also, and they were on uh, probation. 
Right, pro- um, a probation that wasn't his fault and did the best that he could while he what? was there. What's the record again? 28 and 15. And what, how many seasons? Three or four? Three full and then five games of 2013? That, that's, not, that's not a good record. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Taking a, taking a team that's under NCAA sanctions and going 8-5, and 10-2 in your first two years, that's not a good record? Uh, Bouton. I don't know if you remember in 1994, uh, Bouton, one of the Bouton brothers, that an uh, undefeated Auburn team. Talking about Auburn. Well, that's about uh, it. That, and, that, and that was on probation. So, you know, it's, done, it's been done better. Hey, all, all this thing, all uh, Lane Griffin, all Lane Griffin, uh, Griffin is doing is getting a raise for himself. Let's say he doesn't. Let's say, now, this, this Auburn, is it official that he's going to Auburn? No. This, this is another way. This is, how players, this, is how, this is how coaches get raises, man. Like, this might be a, a, a way. But um, Mississippi to I mean, give them a raise. Mo- most and, of the time, I- most of the time, yes. But he was already getting a raise. They they talked about a contract extension last week. I, I agree with you. There's only so much. There's only so much. You know, you can only take so much when it comes to living in Mississippi, especially North Central Mississippi. Um, now, of course, you know, with the money he has, it's nothing like jumping on a jet or whatever, doing what you have to go do. But I think like, I agree with the caller. You know, Auburn. In my lifetime, Auburn won a title. Uh, matter of fact, Auburn has competed for a title not too long ago. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they lost to uh, Florida State. That wasn't that wasn't too long ago. That was at least ten years. Mississippi would never compete for a title, never. You know, and that's just that's just the whole that's just the uh, whole car a whole hard cold facts when it comes down to it. Auburn will do something, uh, but I do agree with Ron though. Uh, the coaches are overhyped. You know what I'm saying? And he's one of them. But, you know, he has the mouthpiece to try to get his money up, and that's what it's about. He's one of those type of negotiators that's going to do what he has to do to just get his bag, and that's and, what he is. And, 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 I, and I agree with you. That's exactly what Lane Kiffin is. But let's revisit the point about Auburn going to the national championship because I agree with you. You're right. Auburn has made two national championships since 2010. Miss, Ole Miss is not. But you look at the one they won. Without Cam Newton, that's probably a much different story. So there's number one. And then number two, well, look, look at look at look at both of those head coaches that brought you to national titles. What happened shortly after those national title games? Things went downhill. Auburn couldn't take it, and they fired both of them. Yeah, but I feel you. That's understandable. But guess what? Regardless of the fact they still made it to two national title games since 2010, number one. And you keep talking about well, if they didn't have Cam Newton. Well, if a lot of players didn't have a lot of players, they went. You think uh, LSU would have won without Joe Burrow? Well, okay. of course not. So, but like the, I, okay, so so what, why do that? They won, you know, because it's because it's an obvious point. We 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 talk about Auburn winning a national championship and how Ole Miss would never win one. But if Ole Miss they landed won. a player like Cam Newton, they'd win one. That's the thing. Ole Miss would never get a player like why that. not? Man, nobody, Ole Miss. Look at the name already, man. I mean, nobody want to deal with that. They would never get top recruits because of a whole bunch of other stuff. They're a top twenty-five but, uh, recruiting class, Jay. Don't bring that in here, because, dude. Because of Lane Crip, because of the uh, head coach, and once he leaves, that team uh, we'll see. Unless who they, whoever, whoever they get. But so but that Ole further, Miss- so that further proves my point that Lane Kiffin is a good coach. He's a good recruiter, like Ron said. It's a big difference, you know. He, he know, he's a good recruiter. He's a great recruiter. Okay, so NCAA sanctions are on their way when it comes to a man like that. Now I'm sure you can get away with it with the name, the name, image, and likeness. 
But come on, man. We're, we're, you know, this man, this man is shady. That, the man, not, the man has, the man has never been sanctioned once in his life. But <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Well, all right. Look, you have a good one, and thank you. I mean, we're talking about how Lane Kiffin's not a be- not a good coach. He literally took a program that got NCAA sanctions from when Pete Carroll was there, walked into the building, and had them third in the Pac-12 in the or Pac-10, third, eight and five. Then he went ten and two, and then in 2012 they fell off a little bit. They went seven and six, and then three and two before they fired him. And then you, he goes to Florida Atlantic. He takes four years as an assistant at Alabama. Goes to Florida Atlantic. His first year at Florida Atlantic, at Florida Atlantic, undefeated in the conference and eleven and three. Then he comes to Ole Miss after a twenty six and thirteen record at Florida Atlantic, and goes five and five during the COVID year, ten and three, and now he's eight and two. Do not come on these airwaves and tell me that Lane Kiffin is a bad coach. That's wild. He's an incredible recruiter. Everyone knows that. But don't say that this man isn't a good coach. You know what makes a good coach? When you buy when you get players to buy in to what you're teaching them. And Lane Kiffin has clearly done that. Let's go to the hotline. Randy, what's up? Hey, good afternoon. Now, I'm going to talk about two things, please. And number one is Aaron Judge, okay? I know he's talking to the Giants, and as much as I'd hate to see him go there instead of the Cardinals, Cardinals aren't even trying to get him, it looks like. I just don't want him to go to the Yankees or the Red Sox. I mean, I want to root for the guy, and I've never been able to. And um, I can tell you, he really is a nice guy. He's not just a persona you see on TV. He really is. I have a nephew who did a a bat boy for spring training in Dunedin when they were playing the Blue Jays. And he came to me, he's like, oh, Randy, that number 99 was really nice to me. He didn't know who Aaron Judge really was. He just said that number nice to me. But I cannot root for him on the Yankees or the Red Sox. Now, and now we're talking about coaches. There's more money than Lane Kiffin over at Texas A&M. And he is my favorite coach ever. And the reason I say that is because who else could in his first year taking over from Bobby Bowden win a championship and then make the team get progressively worse year after year after year until they became that rolling dumpster fire they were for at least five or six years and get fired. And now he's at Texas A&M doing the same thing. Gotta love it. I, you know, I would like to see him go to uh, Alabama. That's not going to happen. But wouldn't that be fun to see him go dismantle that team? I mean, yeah, I would love to see anybody dismantle Alabama. But I mean, <laughs> I, Nick Nick Saban is there as long as he wants to, and, and I think their next head coach at Alabama is a guy named Dabo Sweeney. Now, Dabo's a good coach. He really is. He he takes a thing from a really weak weak division and finds a way to make it into the championship a couple times and obviously there's some recruiting and he outcoached Saban in both of those games that they won he had less of a team but he outcoached him and um, that's a good coach I don't want to see him in Alabama either I'd trade Billy Napier for him right now (laughs) Uh, 
I don't but know about I, all I, that. I mean, seriously, Wayne Kiffin has had success everywhere he's been. I, there's no reason to call him, you know, to say he's done nothing. That's silly, especially when you look at guys like Jimbo Fisher. I mean, he's won a championship, but he's one of the worst coaches in all of college football, and I love him for what he did to Florida State. And uh, but you, you know, you can't. Only one guy gets to win a championship every year, and sometimes, like Saban, it's the same guy over and over again. Not everybody goes out there and wins championships. You just got to turn teams around and make it good. College football's a big, wide open uh, landscape. It's not just three or four teams, or like the NFL with thirty teams. You know, it, it takes a lot to win a championship. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%, Randy. I really do. All right, well, thanks. Appreciate the call. And look, I know it's a small sample size at Ole Miss. It's only his third year. But, James, are you going to tell me that a man that has a 61% winning percentage in the SEC is a terrible coach? Come on, man. But I, I also wonder what the criteria is. If he's so bad, what's the criteria of being a head a good head coach in college football because probably it, winning a national championship because how how many how many coaches have won national championships that are currently coaching not many so if those are the only good coaches where where would you at that point where would you rank Lane Kiffin where do you if if he's just so bad where do you rank him like or, like like 75th 100th out of what two, over 200 possible head coaches so you know let's let's look at this you know one one guy that that a lot of people respect and you know i i think he's a he's a good coach is let's look at a a guy like um ryan day yeah ryan day got them to a national championship game but he's never won one we're gonna say he's a bad coach because he hasn't won a national championship we're gonna say brian kelly's a bad coach he hasn't won a national championship he hasn't He's barely been to a national championship game. Because let, let's be honest, Notre Dame scooted into that title game that year. But also, how many coaches are just levels above Lane Kiffin that, that are going to be potentially available for a job? Absolutely. How, how many of them are there? Because that's another thing. Timing is everything with this. Because you also look at the constant QB carousel of the NFL. There, How many of them are going to be... Are stars or superstars that are going to be available, right? And, and because I, that's that's why we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo being an option for the Saints. Because it's like, how many quarterbacks that are that much better than Jimmy Garoppolo are going to be available? And and one of one of the callers uh, said that you know Auburn has a better chance of winning the national title because of the transfer portal. That's irrelevant. Anybody can grab a, a, a five star from the transfer portal if you convince them hard enough, throw them enough money. I mean. I don't care. I don't care where you're at. Anybody can do that. That's easy. We'll take a timeout. Bring you more crunch time right after this, right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. There is nothing worse on Thanksgiving than sitting at the table eating a piece of dry turkey. Water, water, please. <laughs> Your turkey may be like eating cardboard, but there's nothing dry about the sports talk here at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
The game wants you to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentor Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armentar Jewelers and the Game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's go to the hotline now. Ray, what's up? Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Man, I'm doing all right. I, I kind of, I, I was driving in the, I mean, I, I couldn't call in because I'm a truck driver. Can't use the phone. I'm driving. I see, but I hope I get a chance to talk to this guy. Now, I'm not here to argue with you, but, you know, I kind of, I do kind of disagree with you in a way, too. I mean, I'm not saying Lane Kiffin is a bad coach, but would I want him as a coach? And you know what? My, my answer would be no, because, Lane Kiffin, yeah, he proved he might be a great recruiter. You say like, oh, you're winning. He went eight and five. He went ten and two. Okay, that's fine and dandy. But you still want a coach that's gonna stay a long durability of time. Okay, like we say, look, Nick Saban. He was at LSU. He won a national championship. He left, went to the pros, couldn't make it. Now he's at Alabama. He won several championships. I want a coach that's gonna stay and prove himself. Okay. Then we want wind up having uh, Elmer Fudge, Les Miles. He stayed for the longest. He won a national championship. He stayed. F- he stayed got, far too long. Then you got Ogeron. Hold on, you got Ogeron. He stayed a little minute, kind of with, but which he was a uh, Ogeron was a great recruiter. He won a national championship. I get what the other guy's saying, and I agree with him. I wouldn't want Lane Kiffin as a coach because the the problem is he don't stay long at a place like to develop uh, like a chemistry with that team to like say, look, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, because in within two, three years, he's jetting again. And I'm not saying he's going for money, but he's just not staying at a, at a, at a, at a school at a long period of time. He's well, not. Well, well, of course he's not. Look at any coach that doesn't win a national title. Name me a coach that never won a national title and stayed at a school long term. No, no, I, I, you can't name him. But what I'm saying is that Lane Kiffin is not a person. Look, you know you got guys that even though they do bad, they still would probably would like to stay at a university long, a little longer. But if they're not doing good, you know they're going to get the ax. But that's what I'm – with Lane Kiffin, no, man, I'm sorry. I wouldn't want him. And you know what? I wouldn't want him as a coach. I'm not like – look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like that. Oh, he's not a great coach. I'm not going to say he's not a good recruiter. I'm telling you, I'm glad we didn't go get him. I'm glad we got. And you said by coach, uh, you said by Brian Kelly. To, uh, it was to jail Ronnie. But look at what Brian Kelly. And look, we didn't know this was going to happen with LSU. If they keep playing like they're playing, this team could probably be going for the national championship. That's way more than what Lane Kiffin did within his years of parading it to every university. What Brian Kelly doing? Is it? Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely not. Look at what he did at Ole Miss last year. He went 10-3, and 6-2 in the SEC West. Okay. Hey, I hear what you're saying. That sound all good and dandy. But what have you done for me lately? Lane Kiffin has never won a national championship, brother. Neither has Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly never – no. Brian Kelly never won a national championship, but he was at Notre Dame. But, look, that's my – that's the thing. He's stuck with his team, man, and trying to, like, he, you know what? I'm going to stick with my team through thick and thin. I'm not going to, like, he already, he already was getting a, 
you get ready getting paid. He had to say, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there. No, but when the opportunity came, now you're at LSU, you got better players, and I guarantee you before it's all over. Brian Kelly going to win a national championship, and Lane Kiffin's still going to be looking uh, at a university like a hound dog, man. Have a good one. See, I, I, I disagree with that. I think Brian Kelly will win a national championship at LSU. But the the whole narrative of of Lane Kiffin is just going to stay at a, at a school for, for two years and bounce, not when you get a job like Ole Miss. The dude would have stayed at USC for years if he wouldn't have been fired. And it's not like you want to stay at Florida Atlantic for... No, Florida the, Atlantic was a... I need to, I need to revitalize my career. Let me go win, and you know I'll end back up where I need to be. That wasn't a, a long term move. You can't tell me that you don't want a guy that has won two thirds of his games in his career. You can't tell me that. I will never believe you. The man has won everywhere he's been. Sure, it's never been a national championship. But the guy has found success at every stop he's made. I just I I don't see how you you wouldn't want that as a coach. Now, am I saying I want him to come to LSU? No, you got Brian Kelly. You're you're set. But if if I'm Auburn, but we've been talking about him going to Auburn. If I'm Auburn, hell yeah, I want Lane Kiffin. Why wouldn't I? That that's in, absolutely, but anyways, gotta tell you about a place in town called Suit Up. Uh, you know, great guys, great service, and most importantly, a, a fantastic product. Fashion tuxedos, suits for all occasions, wedding party specials, all the way down to basic sportswear, accessories, whatever you may need. Uh, great Black Friday deals going on this week. Go see them. Uh, they got a suit special right now. They've got a special on Southern Marsh. And so much more. Three locations in Lafayette on Ambassador Caffrey in New Iberia on, Ad- on Admiral Doyle and in Lake Charles across from the Prion Lake Mall. So if you head to suit up when you do, tell them that Crunch Time sent you. We'll take a timeout, wrap up hour number one. Right after this, right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving, number eight. At your dinner this year, make sure that the alcohol is locked away. Because you know how Uncle Carl gets. So keep the booze away from Carl. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Carl's a menace to society. Let's just be real. Look, Uncle Carl's only fun when the alcohol is out. So, I mean, why not? Why not make Thanksgiving fun? That's all I'm saying. Hey, that a burp every once in a while, that's fine. But, man, if we keep getting those, no more invites for Uncle Carl. Yikes. But enough of the Lane Kiffin talk, I'd say, for the day. I, I, think, we've, Please? I, I think we've exercised yeah. that. Let's move let's, on. Let's move on really quickly. We've actually got a poll question. In case you oh, yeah, were wondering. We, we did post one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really been able to get to that. But how many more wins do you think the Saints will have for the rest of the season? Right now they're currently at four. Do you think they'll win zero more games? One more, two more, th- or three more? Uh, we only got four options. So that's kind of the reason why we we only gave you four. But 
Mr. Green said, I'm sorry, but the dumpster fire of the season won't get better. Olave has been the only bright spot, in my opinion. He deserves rookie of the year. I could see that. Uh, I've seen other bright spots. I wouldn't say that Olave is the only bright spot, but he's definitely been one of them. And I agree, rookie of the year is a very real case for him. And then Ton said, I'm going to be optimistic and say one. The team is fried, man. Only football I'm going to watch for a while is the World Cup. Go USA. God, that you it, it it feels like USA lost yesterday. Yeah, because you had them on the ropes, you foul in the box and then you give them a PK. That, that game that game feels like such a loss. And the, it it kind of puts you at an uphill climb the rest of the way for you to be able yeah. to get into elimination. But the percentages it leads towards two with 36%, 27 say zero, 18% say each for one and three. And then on Facebook, uh, Brian Gidry said there's six games left. He thinks four. And then Blaine said one. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking they, they win three more. They get to seven and ten. And I see two or three. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think that's probably the top, and and you because I think you beat the Falcons. Uh, don't think you beat the Forty ers Uh, not not feeling uber confident about the Browns or the Eagles, and he, and I don't even know what's gonna happen with the Panthers. I think that would be would be your third one. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two. We're kicking it off with Preston Guy of TigerBait.com right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of Crunch Time. You know, we, we talked about Link, and I'll end the Link if a conversation on this. So there was a report last night by a, by a journalist in Mississippi that the Lane Kiffin, it, it says Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Rebels coach Friday and head to Auburn to become the Tigers' next coach. Sources say the Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone. Lane to Auburn is happening story soon and people have roasted this guy for this tweet but what's interesting is he was also the same guy to break the news that john cohen was becoming the athletic director at auburn so that's intriguing but i digress the 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 point of that i'm bringing this up is because lane kiffin absolutely trolled him by rewording his tweet saying that this journalist was leaving the station that he currently works for and is going to the the competition or, or, or whatever. And I just I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Lane Kiffin is so petty. And that's part of the reason why people love him so much. As you should, because he's a great coach. But I digress. Preston Guy of Tigerbait.com joins us. Preston, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, man, what's going on? Boy, I got to tell you, uh, SEC coach putting out a, a fake press release, that, that's a new one in my book. Oh, yeah, that, that's definitely never happened before. Um, so b- before we before we get to the football questions, I got to ask you, how's uh, how's dad life treating you? Oh, well, I haven't slept much, um, <laughs> but he's a really cute guy. Uh, he's 3-0 and so far, so things are going well for the Tigers and little Peyton guy. 
So so when we when we win a national championship, Peyton, Peyton Guy is, is the he title, gets the ring. Yeah, title game talked MVP. To Brian Kelly about it. Oh yeah, he guaranteed me personally that if they win a championship, my son gets a ring because of course my son went undefeated. Absolutely, absolutely, that's fantastic. I love that. Anyways, so talking about the Lane Kiffin situation, I just, I have to ask you: if you're Auburn, are you hiring Lane Kiffin? And then on the other side of that, if you're Lane Kiffin, are you leaving Ole Miss to go to Auburn? Well, I, look, on the surface, my thoughts was Auburn's a tiny step up from Ole Miss. I mean, Auburn's a tier one job. I, I kind of consider any job where you have the resources to win a national championship at tier one. And I don't know that Ole Miss is in that top tier, but Ole Miss might be like the top of tier two and Auburn's probably the bottom of Tier 1. That's just my opinion. So on the surface, I'm not really certain why he would leave Ole Miss where he's got you know his players in place, his recruiting brand in place. You know He's, he's building relationships. He's set in stone for Auburn where it's all new. It's a wreck. The roster's a disaster. You've got a new AD. You know, I, I would want <laughs> – it would have to be a substantial pay bump, and I have heard there's some – Mississippi laws in place that limit the salary of coaches in in Mississippi, but uh, I tend to believe that whether it's on paper or not, they you know they'll find a way to get him money if he keeps on winning. So I don't know, man. I don't know that I'd leave Ole Miss for Auburn. That, that's my personal opinion. I'd wait for something bigger. But then you think about it, you know, half those big jobs, Lane Kiffin's already been their head coach. Right, right. No, no question about it. So you know, we're talking about. LSU, they're sitting at nine and two, you know, two weeks away from playing in the SEC championship game. If they can win out and win that SEC championship game, chances are they could make the college football playoff. So, um, I'm gonna tell you this: if LSU wins out, they will be in the playoff. And I, I thought that the minute LSU beat Bama and the playoff committee had them so high at number seven, I said, "Look, just win and you're in." Uh, Tennessee did LSU a solid this weekend by taking themselves out of playoff contention by by making Spencer Rattler look like Joe Burrow out there with 63 points, man. Um, whew, I think he had about as many touchdowns in that game as he had all season. Um, so, yeah, no, if you win and you're in, I, I don't think there's a doubt in anybody's mind at, at this point. There's some people saying, well, what about, you know, USC? Well, what about... So no, be the SEC champion. Have the quality resume that you have at LSU. You're in. Yeah, and and I, and I tend to agree with you. Now you know, looking at the 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 playoff you know rankings, obviously they're going to come out tonight. In your opinion, where does LSU land? I I have faith that USC won't pass LSU up just based on what I've seen this history of this playoff committee. They are more impressed by what you have done versus how many L's you have in that, that right side of the column. Um, you know, I remember seeing a few years back, you know, Joe Burrow's 2018 season, LSU ranked really high, even though they had way more losses than everybody because they had an impressive win over Georgia. Well, this year, similarly, LSU's got impressive wins, Ole Miss, Alabama. I think LSU will come in at number five, but no lower than six. I, I, just, I understand USC has one less loss. But USC just recorded their first ranked win this weekend. I'll take LSU's resume over that. I mean, if this was 
the college basketball tournament and you're seeding these teams, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even you know take a second glance. You'd look at all the wins LSU has, and they'd be way ahead of USC. Yep. Now let's let's run through this hypothetical because a lot of people are looking at the Ohio State Michigan game this weekend as as a game that can really shake off the shake up the playoff picture and rightfully so. Say that game is just you know a double overtime thriller, and then LSU goes next weekend and and, and beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Would it be possible to see a Georgia? Ohio State, Michigan, LSU playoff? Like, who gets left out at that point? Well, and are you also assuming a TCU loss at that point? I mean... Because they're in it. I mean, if they're undefeated... Yeah, right. They're if if they the run playoffs, the table, they're you know? in. You, you, can't, you can't leave them out. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so, so like, who I gets mean, left out at that point? Unless chaos ensues, I, I honestly think Georgia with a loss is out. Uh, really, I, mean, I, I honestly do. Yeah, I don't. I mean, and and I feel less confident about that than I did before Tennessee lost. But yeah, I I I think that that I think that you know the recency bias of it will be killer. Um, and maybe maybe they sneak in at the four seed, but you know, <laughs> it's a what have you done for me lately world. And, so you would put two you know, big team. You would put two Big Ten teams in before two SEC teams. Well, let me think about this real quick. You've got the winner of Michigan, Ohio State is in, no doubt. Yeah. Undefeated TCU in, no doubt. LSU in, no doubt. Right? Right. Well, then you've got the one-loss Big Ten team, one-loss U.S. Uh, Pac-12 team, and the one-loss SEC. Yeah, I guess Georgia would sneak in at the four seed. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I guess. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I, think, I think Michigan, the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game would be on the outside looking in. Yeah, probably they're the ones I, I probably had in my mind – you know, a week ago it would have been Tennessee sliding in that right. that four spot easily. But now I think actually, yeah, now I think Georgia got that you know insurance policy now. Hey, yep. maybe Georgia rests their starters. Who knows? Oh Jesus! That would, I mean that would <laughs> that would be nice, but I don't know that I see that happening. But no, no Pres- it would never happen. No. Preston, let me ask you this: Jane Daniels has had such a great year um, run, running this offense for LSU. He does have one more year of eligibility. However, I've seen some draft boards that have him you know, as a third-round pick. How, how likely is yeah. it that he goes to the NFL? Man, it's a tough one. Um, I'm still leaning toward him going to the NFL, but every week I lean more toward he might come back. I know NIL plays a role in this. I don't know the NIL money situation as well as some guys do. I do know the NFL money situation would be about 750k. You're locked in for three years on a rookie contract. Right. Um, so, I mean, is it outside of the realm of possibility that he could just rack in a ton of NI? I mean, I know Bryce Young has over a million dollars in deals. I mean, Jaden Daniels would be one of the Heisman frontrunners coming into next season. LSU would be a top five team nationally. Uh, and, you know, there'd be a lot of championship buzz going around the team with all they have coming back and the coaching job that Brian Kelly's done. It gets more and more likely every week, but LSU's fighting an uphill battle, particularly, you know, noting that the original plan for Jaden Daniels coming here was this would be a one-and-done situation. That was the game plan, is that he would play well, go to the NFL, 
and <laughs> and do his thing. Um, but uh, you know, hey, being on campus and things happen. You know, sometimes sometimes those plans change. You never know. I'll say this: uh, the fact that he could have participated in senior day means that it's not a done decision that he is going at this point. It means there's at least a little bit of doubt that maybe I'll consider returning. So right. that, that was a positive sign. And a lot of guys chose not to participate in senior day. That's a positive sign. Now, you know, two guys that have really made an impact for, for this team, one offensively and one defensively, is Josh Williams at the running back spot and then obviously Harold Perkins at, at linebacker. I mean, talk about these guys that really – you know, both of I mean Harold Perkins had high regard, but I don't think anybody expected him to be this good this soon. And then Josh Williams, yeah. I mean, kind of came out of nowhere. He did. He was a two-star recruit. He had some scholarship offers to some very small, like Division three type schools, but he decided playing at LSU was his dream. And we saw last week. I remember me and Mike Scarborough were in the press box, like, "Hey, man." If we had to do a bet right now on if John Emery fumbles or not, would you take it? <laughs> we were both like, Mm-mm, not touching that one. This cold, wet, rainy weather, Emery's got to, you know, he's got to work on his fumbling problems. And lo and behold, he fumbled not once but twice. So, yeah, LSU had John Emery and Noah Kane, and quite frankly, you know, John Emery was a bit in the doghouse last week after fumbling twice. So they had to turn to uh, a safety, Derek Davis. Uh, as they're running back, and then a walk-on Nick Demoss to to you know uh, to carry the load. Man, you need Josh Williams more than ever right now. Especially, he's a great pass blocker. He's a hard runner. Hard not to be impressed with the story that is Josh Williams. On the other end, you're coming from the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Harold Perkins, who a lot of guys like at Texags, our sister site. Back when you know he's a Texas recruit, and they all thought he was committed to Texas A&M, they were telling me he was the number one player in the country in their minds, and it certainly looks like that at LSU. Um, I admire the way coaches have handled him. Uh, I remember back to Kendall Beckwith, who's not as talented, no doubt, but he was still absurdly talented, and you could tell that as a true freshman. Well, to get him on the field, they put his hand in the dirt on third down as a defensive end, said, "Get after the quarterback." That's not what the coaches did. They were a little more patient. They taught him how to play linebacker, and every week incorporated him more and more and more and while he learned more and more of his reads and playbooks. Well, now he's darn near an every-down player, and he's one of the best defenders in the country because of it. So, I mean, that's, that's one of those things where when you talk about Brian Kelly being the grown-up in the room, the football coach this program has needed – for a long time, that's the kind of things that he's doing that in the past LSU hasn't seen, and it's paying dividends because you would have lost that Arkansas game without him. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Wrapping up with Preston Guy of TigerBait.com. Preston, with Thanksgiving being on Thursday, ham or turkey? Which one's your favorite? Look, man, if it's top notch ham, like a honey baked ham. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. give me the ham every single time, man. But if it's if it's just like, don't bring Logan Farms and expect me to pick that over the turkey. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I it, you can't touch elite, you know, honey baked ham, man. And then, what's your favorite side dish? Oh, dude, this is this is not even close. It's it's the cornbread dressing. It's not even close. Oh, I mean, yeah. 
that's the one thing. That's the empty dish on everybody's Thanksgiving table. Don't talk to me about cranberry sauce or sweet what sweet potato casserole. It's all about the cornbread dressing. You know it. I know it. And I'm tired of pretending it's not. Cornbread dressing and green bean casserole. You give me those two things and a plate full of ham, and I am golden. Look, the top, the like little fried onions on the green oh, bean yeah. casserole, you got to get that. If they scoop all those off and all you're left with is the green beans without the fried, it's, it's nothing without the fried onions. It's garbage. Oh, okay. So, yeah, now that's solid, but Luke, let, let, let's, not, let's not mix it up here. It's still all about the cornbread Corn, dressing. Cornbread dressing's one, and, and green bean casserole's like 2A. <laughs> yeah, it's like one, a wide margin, then three. Right, right. Preston Guy of TigerBait.com joining us. Preston, appreciate you as always, man. Have a happy Thanksgiving with the family, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, take it easy, guys. See y'all later. And there he goes, Preston Guy of Tiger. Not wrong on the sides. Not wrong. And and look, the ham and turkey debate, I will always choose ham unless you do something special with the turkey. You ever had a Cajun fried turkey breast? Oh, my God. Holy moly. There's a, there's a reason that I am a big old boy. But anyways, tune in Thanksgiving to the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, for a triple header of NFL action. It all starts with the Bills and Lions at 11.30, followed by the Giants and Cowboys at 3.30, and then the Patriots and Vikings at 7.20. NFL Thanksgiving action can be heard here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll take a timeout. When we return, we will have an audio full segment from the Cajuns to the Tigers to the Saints. Everything you need will be right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. All right, James. Three years from now, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson will be playing for blank any XFL team. He's not. Nice. He's not that good. Somebody said a full service gas station in New Jersey. <laughs> if they even, if New Jersey even allows him to be there. Oh man, is the USFL still active? USFL, XFL, one of them. The CFL. In any of the any of the. Does he still have any non NFLs? Does he? <laughs> exactly. Anything but the NFL. Right. Uh, your local pickup flag football team. Hey, I mean, I mean, football's football, right? How many more? How, he could always go back to college and get some more years of eligibility, right? Oh, my God. If you're looking for great stocking stuffers for the holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, also at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Go sign up today. Yesterday, the Saints, Ryan Ramchek, met with the media, and he put it plain and simply. Sunday was a productive game. Yeah, I think it was a, a productive game for us. Um, you know, obviously there's a couple things here and there. Um, you know that we gave up, we would have liked to to done better, do better. Um, but you know, overall, I think, you know, I think we played a pretty physical game, and um, overall, you know, we were able to run the ball. Um, you know, at, at times when it counted, and um, 
you know, I think overall we did a pretty good job. The Saints now sitting at 4-7. and seven. They will go to San Francisco to play the Niners on Sunday. LSU, you know, Brian Kelly met with the media last week, or yesterday and was asked, you know, final game of the year or of the regular season falls on a holiday week. Are there any challenges to that? I think the same, you know, challenges on the road, you know, are there for you. Um, Thursday we handle a little bit different. You know, we'll practice in the morning, um, but uh, we'll have Thanksgiving dinner together. We'll bring the coaches' families in. The players will be with us um, and and share Thanksgiving together. Uh, we'll release all of the non-travel players after practice in the morning so they can be with their families. and And then really – from there, it just becomes a normal Friday for us where we'll have meetings at noon and then, you know, board the plane around 3, 4 o'clock and get into College Station around 6 o'clock. So then it just becomes business as usual. It's just the Thursday, really. Brian Kelly was also asked if there's any significance to hitting 10 wins in a season. No, I don't think they give you any ticket take parades or anything that's uh, – but, you know, 10, 10 wins, you know, is – Certainly a benchmark, I think, and when people look back on seasons, you know, I think it does a lot in terms of um, solidify your, you know, your postseason opportunities. I think it puts you in a different category. Um, but I don't think you go into the season going, hey, we got to get to 10. Uh, I think you go into the season thinking about, you know, winning the SEC West. Um, this is an important football game because we want to continue to get better as a football team as we go into uh, the SEC West Championship game. So it's important for us because each week for us is we're, we're building something within our program. As I mentioned, the UAB game may not have been as important to other people outside the walls, but inside the walls, that was a huge game for us in terms of you know, doing our job, you know, the way the job needs to be done, when it needed to be done, and, and that was really important for us. That was a, that was a big hurdle for us, and, and this is another one. It's going on the road against a really talented team that has nothing to lose, and you have to play well because they will play up to you. So I think we just think more terms of ch- and then going to the Cajuns, Michael Desermo met with the media, and you know they're they're at a, an interesting spot because, I mean, you got it, it's winter go home for for the Cajuns. They have to make a bowl game, and you know one reason that they they or they need to win to make a bowl game. One reason that this coaching staff wants to make a bowl game is it's an extra opportunity to develop. That's something that I think really goes. Uh undervalued when you talk about bowl preparation um you know you can get up to 15 practices you know to get ready for a bowl game now typically we don't get that many because our bowls are a little earlier i mean 15 practices that's that's an entire spring session um that's invaluable for your team uh and for us it allows you to go back to a little bit especially before you really know who the opponent is or even you know the weeks leading up before you really game planned it you get to go back to a fall camp spring practice type setting where it's ones against ones twos on twos threes on threes and you get all three of those groups to work together they get coached the way you want to coach them um and so you you get to develop a lot of those guys that you know i've talked about some of these young guys in here that we're excited about moving forward and there's a bunch of and also when when talking with michael desermo he he provided an update on quarterback ben woldridge 
talking, you know, w- w- again with Michael Desremo, he he touched on the playoff mentality, and he also touched on Texas State and, and the way that they have improved defensively as a program. For us, it's a playoff mentality approach. Um, you know, we're playing a Texas State team that the second half of the year has played really good football. Um, they've either won or been in every game in the f- or have been winning in every game in the fourth quarter, you know, since about the midway point, um, since after James Madison, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be one of those deals, man. It's going to be a Sun Belt West game. You got to prepare well. You got to go out there and you got to go play well, have a chance to win. Got to play team football. And, um, you know, we're going to work hard this week to make sure we go out there, go do that, and uh, and get our kids another game. Coach Dez also provided an update on our quarterback, Ben Wooldridge. Ben's been great. Um, you know, I kind of shared this with, with some of you. I don't remember if it was in here or not. But, you know, the day after he tore his, his ACL, he was up here uh, the next morning um, and came see me in my office. And, uh, and told me, he's like, you know, Coach, I just I still want to be a part of this season. I want to be a leader on this team. You know, I feel like, you know, I need to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, which obviously he is. I mean, you can see our team, the way they respond to him. So I said, well, yeah, hey, man, I was like, you know, take as much time as you need. You know, when you come back, you're certainly – he was the first one in meetings. That afternoon, sitting in there, he had his notebook out, his pen on his, on his notebook, and he was taking notes in the meeting just like he's going to play. Ben did have successful surgery on his ACL yesterday, and uh, recovery is you know expected to take anywhere from eight to twelve months is the average for an ACL tear. But the World Cup is back, and you can watch thrilling action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette, free over the air on KLWB Channel fifty point three and Cox Channel nineteen. If you're in Lake Charles, World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles, free over the air on Channel 19.2 and Sudden Link, Channel 137. That's thrilling World Cup action, courtesy of Delta Media. We'll take a timeout when we return. Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights joins us next for a conversation into the New Orleans Pelicans right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving, number one. Don't drop a fully frozen turkey into the deep fryer. So please, do us all a favor and don't blow up your house this Thanksgiving. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The New Orleans Pelicans picked up a big win last night against the Golden State Warriors, although it's kind of hard to put too much into it with the amount of players that the Golden State Warriors didn't have. Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights joins us to talk about that and the season thus far. Ali, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? Absolutely. I'm doing great. You win by 45 points to uh, set a almost a franchise record, right? That's second biggest margin of victory ever in New Orleans franchise history. You can't help but feel good, even though, like you said, it came without you know Golden State fielding their regular stars. But it's still an NBA team, right? I can't imagine the Pelicans bench losing by that amount, right? So, hey, it counts. Yeah, no, absolutely. You'll, you'll, you'll take them where you can get them. Give me your thoughts on the game that saw you know Brandon Ingram explode for 34. Zion came back after missing three games. 
and, and like you said, second largest margin of victory in franchise history. Well, you wanted to see them come out um, with a lot more focus because two weeks ago they faced pretty much the exact same roster, right? That was missing Steph, Clay, Dre, and Andrew Wiggins. And that game on November 4th, I believe, it wasn't decided until the last few minutes of the game, right? Golden State Warriors hung tough right there with the Pels all through at least three and a half quarters. And you didn't want to see that, not when the Pelicans were largely healthy and you think this is one of the better teams in the West and they're suddenly going toe-to-toe with a, a B, you know, let's face it, it's a B team, Golden State's B team. So you wanted to see them this time around just honestly just blow the doors off this game early, and that's exactly what they did. Right? They played flawless basketball. I know B.I. went off, but what I look at is also how the well um, their efficiency was. Right, So they shot lights out. Didn't make any turnovers. I don't think they had their first turnover until middle second quarter. Uh, the assists were all there. And then defensively, boy, I mean, they, they were getting steals, blocks, deflections, or forcing Golden State Warriors to shoot really tough shots. Because like I said, that's still NBA quality players over there on that side of the ball. So you want to make it tougher. And the Pels did that. They executed the game plan perfectly. And like I said, when you're presenting an, an, an opportunity to take advantage of a shorthanded team, You've got to do it, especially, like I said, when you're one of the best teams. So it was good to see that they did that. And they finished the home stand on a very strong note, winning four of the last five. And really, you feel good about this team kind of the way you did after that first week, right, where they blew out the Brooklyn Nets, had a big win over the Charlotte uh, Hornets, and they had a couple other wins in those first five games squeezed in too. So I think they reinserted themselves in talk of, you know, being a top six team in the West, and currently that's where they stand. Brandon Ingram, like we talked about, very impressive, 34 points, 12 of 19 shooting. He was 7 of 7 from the free throw line. You know How critical is it for the Pelicans to get performances like that out of B.I.? You know, a little bit more consistently maybe for, for them to be successful? Yeah, for Brandon, if he does that, you know how much easier it makes it for the rest of the Pelicans? And you're right, he had not been posting those big numbers of late. Um, this was the first time he's gone for uh, 30 points in all season. But in the previous five games, I think he only topped 20 points just once. right? So he's been kind of you know, the hidden man. Of course, when you look at this team, it's loaded with weapons. right? So you've got Zion, CJ. So if B.I. is not getting that big point performance, you've got to think those other two guys are. And that's what's happened. right? CJ finally broke out of his slump about four games ago, and he's been just on fire. So I think that's what we're going to see this year. You're not going to see that. 30-point per-game score on average from any one of these three guys because of this depth, right? So they're not, you know, the Boston Celtics who really just revolve around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or maybe the Nets with Kevin Durant. No, this team's so deep, and that's what you want to see, right? You want to see them involve everybody because anybody can make a shot, right? Whether it's a three, um, you've got guys like Jonas Valanciunas hitting threes, Jose Alvarado, you want to have them shoot the ball when they're wide open, and that's what they're doing. So team ball, I think, is the way to go for this team that's got so much depth, right? They play so well together. The chemistry's so good. You don't want to have any James Harden-ish-like performances, right, where some one guy's dominating while the rest of the guys are standing around. So I know B.I., you wanted to see him look like the guy we saw right in the last playoffs, but I think overall it's better off that he doesn't look like this, even though if he's got it going – and they're leaving him open or just guarding him one-on-one, you want to see him take advantage like he did last night. Zion Williamson came back after missing the last three games with a with a foot issue. 
you know, he didn't he didn't light the the world on fire from a stat sheet perspective, but you know, obviously you get a guy like that back on the court, it's a it, it's a momentum builder for for the Pelicans. He had a plus minus of plus twenty eight, nine points, four assists, two rebounds. You know, just getting him back in the swing of things and back on the floor, getting minutes. How big was that for you know the Pelicans heading forward? Oh, it's absolutely important because they, I think they still need to solve a lot of issues on the court playing with them, right? Because Brandon CJ got to play with one another last season after the trade deadline. But for Zion, he, he's not familiar with Jonas, CJ, and all these guys when the season started. So for him, even though it was, you know, against, like I said, a, a subpar Warriors team, you still want him to get those minutes so they can start building that chemistry. And I think that that 9.4 assist effort kind of shows you um, that he's still got a little bit of ways to go, right? You you expect more out of him, even though the scoring was balanced. You still think that he's one of your top three guns. He should have ended up with more. And I think stuff like that is what, you know, like I said, that, those are the kinks they've got to work out, and especially on a defensive end. But, yeah, Williamson, for me, the biggest thing I, I saw last night that I liked is the fact that he looked healthy, right? He looked like he was completely mobile. On one play, I remember specifically he went up against Kaminga, did a spin move, or not spin move, just switched hands, went to his right hand, and he just blew past a guy that's, you know, one of the better athletes in this game. So that shows you right then and there, Zion's back. He feels great. So that's when Zion's at his best, right? He's one of the most explosive players, so you want him to be at 100%. That's what we saw last night. So it's going to be great for this week, uh, to finish off this week, when they go back on the road, face the Spurs tomorrow, Grizzlies on Friday. That's going to be another big game for them. Yeah, no, no question about it. Chatting with Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights. Ali, Devontae Graham went had 19 points, 6 of 11 from deep last night. Can we get that out of him on a more consistent basis? I think so, because he has shot the ball really well this year, right? He's well over 40% from three-point range. He just hasn't had the opportunities, and his minutes have slowly you know, decreased because of that. If he's not giving you the scoring out there, well, Willie might as well go with somebody that's you know more defensively minded, whether it's Jose Alvarado or even lately Dyson Daniels is now, I think, soaking up some of Graham's minutes. So I think Devontae should have the mentality of as soon as he touches the ball, shoot it, right, especially if you're open or get yourself open because your biggest, best strength is shooting that three-point shot. So if you're out there spreading the floor for your teammates, well, you're giving yourself value out there and Willie's going to play in minutes. If you're not, well, then Devontae really doesn't provide anything else. So I'm hoping this is a sign moving forward. Maybe he could be like, say, if anybody remembers, Gennaro Pargo during a Chris Paul day, yeah. somebody of that ilk, right? Just be a flamethrower. If you've got it going, you can make a difference. If not, well, maybe the next night you will. You know, looking at this team, 10-7, and seven, they're, they've got a winning record at home, 500 on the road. You know, you talked about just you know trying to figure things out with you know Zion getting used to some of the new faces that he hasn't played with yet, so on and so forth. Is this about the start you expected for this team, and do you still believe that they're a top team in the Western Conference? This actually is 10-7, um, and seven, but I'll tell you what, they should be better just simply because of those three overtime losses. Right? No way they should have lost that Lakers game where Dyson Daniels makes one free throw, they lose a game. Or say Matt Ryan doesn't hit that incredible three to push it to overtime. Suddenly they're 11-6, and six, sitting atop the West. So honestly, they've done a little bit better than I assumed uh, or predicted going into this season because that's opening schedule. That was a tough one. Eight of the first 11 on the road. There were some back-to-backs. And you could tell 
These guys, these guys were physically and mentally fatigued, especially when they opened this homestand against Portland. They just didn't have that normal zip to them. But by the time they got some rest, we saw what they did the rest of the homestand. So it's a, be- it's a good team. I mean, when you look at the stats, guys, they are in the top ten in a lot of things, right? Offense, defense, points, steals, uh, defensive rebounding, even three-point shooting, right, where everybody thought, hey, that's going to be a, you know, a, a probably a weakness of the team, especially since they didn't make any changes from last year's team, which shot the ball poorly. No, they had a lot of improvement. So this team's a lot better than I predicted they will be um, this early in the season. Ollie, wrapping up here, you know, what are the expectations for the Spurs game tomorrow night? I'm hoping to see another blowout, I'll be honest with you. I know the Spurs got off to a good start this year, and the Coach Pop team is always going to give you a lot of effort. But of late, they've really played poorly. And I watched their last game against the Lakers a few nights ago, and they just looked terrible, almost as bad as the Warriors we saw last night. So you want to see a Pelicans team that's supposedly on the rise, which looks like it to us, right, when we watched this past week or so, to honestly go in at San Antonio and just end that game by halftime, basically be up by, say, 15 or so points. So you have another easy night on the starters, and you can put a lot more attention then towards uh, Friday's game against Memphis in Memphis. And lastly, you know, with Thanksgiving being on Thursday, you prefer ham or turkey? Oh, you got to go with turkey. You can save the ham for Easter, right? <laughs> no, that, that's a fair point. What's your favorite side dish? I've always been a traditionalist, so mashed potatoes with a good gravy gets yeah. me every time. Yeah, you, you can never go wrong there. Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights joining us. Ali, really appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, and I hope you and everybody else listening has a good Thanksgiving as well. Appreciate you, Ali. And there he goes, Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights. Once again, got to tell you about Suit Up. Fashion tuxedos, suits for all occasions, Wedding party specials, anything you need in the menswear area, Suit Up has it for you. And they have three locations throughout southwest Louisiana to serve you. Lafayette on Ambassador Caffrey, Admiral Doyle Drive in New Iberia, and now open in Lake Charles across from the Prion Lake Mall. They're running great Black Friday deals right now on their Southern Marsh, as well as their suits and blazers. You got to go see the gang at suit up and when you do tell them that Miguez and mesh with crunch time sent you you will not be disappointed we'll take a time out and wrap up today's show on the other side you are listening to the game it's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the SEC West champion LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving number 37. If you're eating your weight in fixins, then make sure you're dressed appropriately. So pull out the stretchy pants this Thanksgiving. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Football fans, make this Thanksgiving one to remember with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet in NFL same-game parlay, from now through November 28th, all customers can get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. Just bet in NFL same-game parlay or same-game parlay plus of at least $20. The bigger the bet, the more you'll get back in free bets. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. 
however you want to play get up to a hundred dollars in free bets win or lose when you bet on the nfl same game parlay of four legs or more make every moment more with fandle an official sports betting partner of the nfl you must be 21 and older and present in louisiana and permitted parishes only bonus issued is nominal drop with free bets that expire seven days after the receipt max free bet is a hundred dollars Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. People, don't forget to tune in tomorrow night from 6 to 7 for the McNeese Coaches Show presented by Maplewood Burgers, line of bed out of Westlake and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gazzolo will be talking all things Cowboys as the McNeese Coaches Show will be broadcasting from the Maplewood Burgers at 4453 Nelson Road. So tune in Wednesday at 6 for the McNeese Coaches Show right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Take one final look at the poll question of the day, how many more wins will the Saints have the rest of this season? So far, 40% say three, 26% say two, 13% say one, and we have 20% saying that they won't win another game. No optimism. No optimism whatsoever. Like I so, said, like I said, really quickly, the last few games, because you got six. You got six left. I don't think you beat the 49ers. Uh-uh. I think the Bucks are going to be on a roll. I think you lose to them. I think you beat the uh, Falcons. I, I think you're wrong about the Bucks, but go on. I think you beat the Falcons. Okay. The Browns, I think Deshaun Deshaun you, will, Deshaun you, will start this week. You lose to the Browns. I think I, I think you lose to the Browns. I think by then he'll he'll got a got a grip on things. Uh you lose to the Eagles and I think you finish the season with a win over the Panthers, so I think you finish six and ten. Six and eleven. Six and eleven. Yikes. Unless unless you unless you just do end up beating the Buccaneers, but I don't feel great. Who knows? Maybe after Jimmy G just having a really great game, probably the best game of his career. Maybe he just absolutely has a dud and somehow the the Saints get a big road win. That would be huge. That would be that would be huge. Ginormous. So before we go, pun of the day. Oh. You ready for this? Didn't know we were starting those. Lance is an uncommon name nowadays. It's very true. But in medieval times, people were called Lance a lot. And I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> there, there it is. Paracha. Shout out to our guest, Preston Guy of TigerBay.com, as well as Ali Cassell of The Bird Rights. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more NFL, college football, and all your favorite Thanksgiving traditions. Right here on The Game for James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Same time tomorrow right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tiger Rag Radio is up next.